The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome to Away From The Pages, a book world podcast brought to you by SJP World Media, hosted by myself, Sharon Korea. And joining me on today's episode is the author that brought you Crowns and Swords, J.L. Mayrick. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's about time we actually managed to do this. For anyone who doesn't know, it's taken us many attempts to make this happen all my fault as well <laughs> no no not at all i cancelled the first one so that's on oh, me yeah, true true <laughs> one each time yeah that's it that's <laughs> it um right so let's get straight into it shall we um who or what inspired you to write i get asked that question a lot but i can never really pinpoint it to one specific thing it's just been something I've, I've done since I was a kid, make up stories, that sort of thing. Okay. But I suppose the first time I actually tried to create my own original in Bunny Ears story was because of Harry Potter. I was a, oh, a Potter okay. head. I was a Potter kid. Um, and I tried to create my own Harry Potter book. I, I can't. I was young. It was um, basically Harry Potter gets a new horse and Jacob gets jealous. <laughs> Um, the very short draft of which will never see the light of day, of course. <laughs> um, but since then, I have tried to do my actual own original content because shortly after that, I realised what copyright was. <laughs> <laughs> you can't call a character Harry Potter. <laughs> I w- wasn't even trying to be my own character. I just thought I could take the characters and play with it. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. since learning what fan fiction is. Well, but, yeah. Yeah, I tried to make my own. Yeah, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I've been a make my own little story since and um I started actually taking it seriously I suppose uh about two two three years ago during NaNoWriMo my first one that I actually completed and okay. I just kept going since then so was that sort of during COVID times because it's funny how many people got involved sort of around that time yeah I think it was the one before COVID okay um, but then while I was like editing, rewriting and all that, it was through COVID and I was on maternity leave at the same time. Right. So I kind of snowballed from there. And then I published, I self-published my first one, I think it was March 21. Um, and, but that was a different pen name. That was like a test drive, I like to say. And okay. then I started up this pen name uh, in October 21 and, uh, yeah, and then Crown Swords and Duty Monsters and all that's come out since as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I mean, it's nice. It's nice to hear someone be writing from such a young age as well, and sort of get involved that way. How mm-hmm. on earth did you juggle editing, 
and a baby? Well, I suppose benefit of being stuck at home, sort of having like social obligations and um, my husband started working from home from COVID as well and hasn't okay. stopped. We've even moved across the country and he's still working from home in the same job. So it's it was quite helpful because he was in the same room as us. So if I wanted to type away on the computer while um, our kid was like playing with the toys or napping or something, it was like an extra pair of eyes in the same room. Yeah, no, that's good. So, yeah, not so much anymore. Now we've moved house, we actually have our own offices now. Right. So <laughs> we can't just leave her to do her own thing. So much. That's fair. <laughs> and why did you choose to write your fantasy romance with the rainbow-themed twist? Well, because um, I'm rainbow myself, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm pansexual, but I happily met my husband when I was 18. So I never got to explore that other side of me. I've been, we've been happy together ever since and never any experiences with women or otherwise. So I kind of like to explore in my writing the sort of relationships that I don't want to say I'll never get the chance to explore because I don't want to. Yeah. That make, yeah, that should make sense. <laughs> yeah, you're not willing to give up what you've got for it, but it's nice to fantasise. Yeah, fantasise through my books. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's but that's great that someone, especially in your position, not trying to get political, but <laughs> but you know you're you're comfortable in your skin, you're comfortable with who you are, but that doesn't mean you're going to walk away from your husband because of it. So no. this is a great way to, I suppose, delve into that world without leaving the thing you love. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that, no, I think I think that's brilliant. So what is your writing process then? I mean, do you ever get like the dreaded stuck at a certain word count? Um, do you listen to music or do you have any routines at all? I try to set routines. It never sticks. Never sticks. I mean, I it's Tuesday right now and I've already lost my routine for the week. My brand new one. I set it out on Sunday, had this plan to do this, this, this throughout the week and it's gone. It's completely gone. <laughs> so I'm very much on the ball, like just rolling with whatever happens, even though I wish wish I could stick to it. I always find the first 10,000 words the most difficult to get through. I okay. mean, it took me... I think with Duty Monsters, it took me about three months to get the first 10,000 words written. And then I just I sped through after that. It's just the first 10,000. I'm still stuck on it with the next one, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, that, I've been writing this one for about a month now. So, right. Okay. I, so I the rest of it will probably come in about four or five weeks. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny because you're not the first person to say that about sort of like the first bulk being the most difficult and it's like okay this is where I'm obviously going wrong then because the first bit I find the easiest bit <laughs> so, so maybe this oh, is my problem yeah. yeah maybe you can write the first 10,000 for me and I'll write the, the difficult bit for you <laughs> you can finish it off that's so. <laughs> yeah that's it um so is there a particular book of yours that has a special place in your heart I think probably Crowns and Swords because um, 
it was this funny little idea I had back when I was um, writing Twisted, which is like the debut for this pen name. It wouldn't leave me alone. I had recently rewatched some of the parts of the Caribbean films and I was like, let's make it gay, essentially. And yeah. it was just an earworm that wouldn't let go of me to the extent I actually had to sit down and plan it out before I could finish off Twisted because I just couldn't focus on it. And it was meant to be like a fun little project while I was working on these other ideas I had at the time, which should be put on the back burner now. I brought it out. It's only ever meant to be a standalone, but I got so many messages saying, like, we want more of these characters. We want more. And it was really lovely because, thankfully, I left the book in a place where it could be a standalone, but I could expand it. So I left it, mm. left it on the edge there. And it's now blossomed into a trilogy. With, um, and did, I might leave it open for more after that. I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, and did did the other characters, for for once for a better term, did they talk to you easily? Because obviously sometimes when you've got a standalone in your head, sometimes it's hard to necessarily draw things out of it when you've already kind of set something in stone so did they come naturally then yes yeah it was a lot easier to carry on their their arcs I suppose to to follow it through the the rest of the books and that I saw bits of myself in both of the two main characters because it's dual POV so Mm. you flip-flop between the two and like I put a little bit of myself in Grace a little bit of myself in Freddie and then just built around that I suppose so I find it quite easy to to keep going with both of them Mm. no that's fair and you said um watching Pirates of the Caribbean was was that the sort of the full inspiration or was there anything else sort of behind it that pushed it then I suppose well no it's more these sort of things give me like a what if kind of question Mm. that's how I kind of build on like um with Twisted my what if was from Superman it was okay. what if what if Lois Lane fell in love with Lex Luthor instead of Clark Kent, and then I just went from there. So yeah, it's, it gives me like the initial what if, and then I just go what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that, until I've got a plot. I yeah, suppose. yeah, yeah. Until you've got a story, and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. that's what if. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so uh, we've kind of covered the base of this question but i'll ask it sort of as a whole so the first part is how long have you been writing you've obviously covered that but what advice if any would you have given yourself when you started actively writing then is probably the best way to put it i suppose like don't be afraid to explore something different don't try to restrict yourself because like where I grew up with all like the heavy fantasy, like um, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, all of that sort of stuff, always trying to emulate that so like high fantasy, incredibly detailed world building, world world building. And I, I tried, I kept trying to, you know, not quite replicate, but do that in my own way. Mm. And I just realised the more in depth I went with it, the more lost I got, the less I could see the actual story within the world. So. Okay use like create what you need for the story then let the let the rest fill in as you're writing the story don't go full-on world building bible before you even write the first word yeah 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 that's what i do now i kind of add things here and there of course that inevitably leads to plot holes 
yeah. but that just makes it more fun to write <laughs> well this, this exactly that i mean again that's i i couldn't agree with you more because i think you can set up you can have all these ideas but sometimes it's not until you actually put pen to paper as it were that you actually start feeling it properly and the amount of times it's like in your head for me personally i think oh i'll go in this direction you start writing and then you finish that chapter and you think where did that come from <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't plan that what the heck's happened here so I, I think you're right is to not sort of pen yourself in too much with a big idea i suppose mm. right and who is your one-click author oh i have a couple do i have to narrow it down to one no i'm not that mean <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so let's see michelle Corinne Rochelle, okay. um, who I'm going to meet at Indie Pride um, Book Festival next year, and I'm fangirling over it already. It's, like, oh, it's amazing. Um, there's Katie Robert, Roberts. I can't remember if she's Robert or Roberts. Um, I discovered her through Neon Gods, and she's incredible. Uh, I wrote down more. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens like my mind goes blank as soon as I'm asked a question you know see Michelle Katie Roberts well I'll, I always buy my friend um, Kate J Cook's books or CJ Cook she's recently swapping pen names around okay so um, she was at shenanigans back in March I don't know if you remember her so I, I always I was frozen solid to my seat, like <laughs> terrified of everything. So I barely remember anything. From <laughs> Fair enough. The end. Uh, uh, yeah, she's the one who got me into paranormal romance books. Okay. So, so yeah, so I'm always getting her books, and um, but I really love her arcane duet. It's, right. it's brilliant. So yeah, so I suppose those three are my one clicks. Hmm. I mean, you just kind of covered the next part. Like, have you got any sort of favourite books from any of them or even anyone else, really, that if you're struggling, you either go back to or just something that sticks in your mind? Well, I've gone back to um, one of C. Michelle's um, duets, which is the, the Twelve Hunks of Herculea, which you can okay. probably guess what type of romance that is. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, yeah, I do love... That, that's the book that got me into see Michelle is because I, I love history and she's gone down like the Greek mythology route with that duet. So that's okay. what drew me in. And I've read her entire bag list since. So I've quite quite happily go back to, to those ones. And I'm eagerly awaiting her next one. It's coming out in like about two weeks. Oh, right. I need it. I need it. <laughs> so that's you done for that day. Whenever whatever that day yeah. is, you're not doing nothing that day. I think it's the 14th is coming out. Like, I can read her books in a day. And they're a bit chunky books as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny, me and my daughter was having this conversation the other day because I got sent a book. And it's only a novella, which I read in no time at all. And it's that thing of, because you're on your Kindle all the time, I suppose you don't realise how fast you are. I mean, me personally, I am. You don't realise how fast a reader you are. But, of course... I sat there and read that novella and she came downstairs while I had some like two pages left and she looked at me and she went are you skimming to the end of that book and I was like no I've nearly finished she's like you've <laughs> never read that already and then you sort of start thinking I think yeah I am quite a fast reader to be fair yeah, that's, no. 
I don't see that as a bad thing. No, I'm definitely a lot faster on Kindle than I am paperback. Because mm. um, the Arcane Duet from C.J. Cook that I mentioned, I read those on Kindle Unlimited when they first came out. And each of them only took me about 12 hours. Okay. And um, then I got them in hardback and I felt the weight of the box. I was like, there's no way I read these two books with combined 24 hours. It's insane. She write, she does write really long books. I've not seen any of C. Michelle's books in physical form, but yeah. I know they are, they are quite long. But I've read them equally as fast as well. Mm. If I picked them up from paperback to start with, probably take me about a week to get through them. I think it's daunting as well, isn't it? When you when it is a, a big book, you look at it and you think, "Oh my god, I'm never getting through that." Yeah. I mean, when I was, I, I I'm way behind on this. So if you are reading the series, I apologise because of how behind I am. But with um, J.R. Ward's books, the Black Dagger books, mm. I've not read first, them, but I've seen them. The, I'll talk about that another day. <laughs> that I I've enjoyed them. I am behind, mainly because of one book kind of put me off a bit, and that's not to say it was bad. So please, all of her fans, don't come attacking me because that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but it it's just, I think because in my head I thought the story should go one way and it didn't. So it's sort of like I was a bit like oh. And I felt a bit deflated. <laughs> but they're, they're great books. They are stonkers, though. But I didn't realise until she had a release of one and me and my friends went and bought it. And, of course, we're all sat there thinking, holy crap, this is going to take like a month to read. I mean, I read it in a day and they was telling me off because they was like, oh, we're not even halfway through yet. But I'm just I'm saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so what do you do for fun or how do you relax? Books. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone pretty much says yeah, that. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, back during like maternity leave COVID times, writing was actually my way to relax, okay. my way to unwind, because um, I had issues with postpartum depression, anxiety, which then COVID like I was just starting to recover from it and then COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so my therapist actually recommended like just getting some writing time because it really helped during, yeah. um, during those dark days, I suppose. So writing is my way to relax. I get a bit pent up and anxious if I don't, if I don't get any writing time. So that is my way to relax. And I've made it into an attempt at a career. Why not? Yeah, it, it, it's a great thing if you love it as much as you do. Why not, for want of a better term, but what well, it does all boil down to, but why not try and make money out of it? Yeah, like, makes sense. It's what it, people don't like talking about it, but it's that thing of I'm not taking away from the enjoyment of someone. But let's be fair, when we release books, there is money behind it. Yeah even if it's not the aim. And again, that's not what I'm saying for anyone. Everyone has their own reasons, but of course you want to see your rewards at the end of it. And why the devil yeah. not? So let's do some cover talk. What inspires your covers? Do you have a process or is it just very much you give the idea to someone and see what they come back with? Well, with Crowns and Swords, that was a custom cover. I essentially sent, um, I went through Mibble Art, 
I'm not sure if you've heard of them. I haven't. No, they're really good. Um, they're they're based in Ukraine, I believe. Um, and yeah, they've done some absolutely amazing covers. So I sent them the blurb for the book, as well as like the key key points. Like obviously, you've got the crowns and swords. That's in the title. That's obvious. But then you've got the skull and crossbones because obviously pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the tentacles for the uh, the kraken. That's in the book. Um, and I basically sent them all of that and they sent back what is almost exactly the final version because it came back so amazing. I just had them change the crown on it because they went for a more typically masculine crown. Okay. But with it being a book focused on two women, I wanted the, the more feminine side. Mm. Um, and then with Duty of Monsters, that was actually a pre-made I came across in a uh, a cell, and I thought it just fit so so well with crowns and swords, and it was um, a bit more budget friendly as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I contacted them, said I really like this. Can we just make these few little changes, like the um, the color swirl that's on it? I wanted them to to add that into uh, to match with the color swirl that's on crowns and swords, right. and um, then again they've. I've also got the the final book in the trilogy with them as well, again, through a pre-made, but they've tweaked it around to make it all fit quite nicely together. Yeah. So, like, Crown of Swords has the blue, G Monsters has the red, and then Legacy and some of the third one's going to have the purple. So it's going to be, like, everything coming together kind of imagery. So I think it looks quite nice. Well, that's that's good that you've managed to get a pre-made obviously very fortunately yeah. to work with your series because sometimes that's the thing isn't it when you commit to a series it's kind of tie-in yeah and you and you mm. want it to work and you want them to look nice together so that's that's really good that you've managed that because again anyone anyone who has commissioned a cover knows how costly that can be yeah i mean like if you're, it, it, it's a real funny thing, and again, I hate to talk figures, but when you're getting into custom covers, especially if you want certain models, like my husband, the one time I made a joke about, I want this model on one of my covers one day. And he, you know, being who he is, the husband, the provider, and he's like, how much is he then? And I was like, well, one photo costs about £600. And he was like, oh, well, you better start earning some money. <laughs> <laughs> But and that's and, why I go for object covers, not model covers. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's it. Mm. Obviously, there's other ways. That's not the be all and end all. But no. it, it can get expensive. I suppose is more my point. Wait, you, I mean, my, my custom cover only went custom for that one because um, it was my it was coming up to my thirtieth birthday, and my my right. dad offered to pay for it for my thirtieth. That's fair. What a lovely present. <laughs> what a great thing because you get to see that yeah. all the time. Yeah. So what that's that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So kind of rolling back, I suppose, because of things you said, do you have any sort of favorite TV programs or anything particular that you use for inspiration? In- I suppose I've got some for inspiration and some for motivation. Okay. Um, inspiration is pretty much anything fantasy, really. Like the Lord of the Rings TV series, I really liked. Um, 
yeah, we pretty much anything in fantasy and um, or fantasy or sci-fi, really, because I really like the the DC uh, TV shows. Okay, like Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, all of that. So anything like that, well, uh, we'll get all those creative juices flowing. Um, but like motivation wise, just to have throwbacks to my uni days, I discovered the TV show Numbers, which yeah, like, yeah, and while watching that, that just made me feel like well anyone listen it's basically a maths super genius helping solve crimes i'm basically for some reason watching that made me feel super smart and i can make all these sort of connections from my dissertation and that sort of thing so i, I like watching that because that gets me all pumped up and ready to to do stuff and there's also castle oh yeah uh, i've seen a feature where he's a writer he's a crime yes. writer and he solves crimes and I did briefly try to do a crime story, but it was not really for me. So um, <laughs> so just watching something like that, watching a writer write, and it's like it gets me into the the zone, essentially. Hmm. Yeah, I've not, I've, I've seen a few episodes of Castle, but I've not seen many of them. And, and to be fair, everyone I've seen, it, seemed, it does seem quite interesting. Yeah, it's really good. I've just started my latest rewatch now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm much more of a rewatcher than finding new shows. See, that is probably one of my worst, worst habits of watching reruns of things rather than finding mm-hmm. something new to watch. And my it, husband hates me for it. <laughs> well, see, unfortunately, my husband's the same, and we both just end up re-watching the same thing over and over again. And it's kind of a running joke on one of his podcasts that anytime someone talks about something new, and when I say new, I use that term loosely because it could be literally anything in the past 15 years, you know, and they're like, oh, have you seen this? And we're both like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the same I mean, in a group chat with my mum and my sister. They're always talking about the latest like drama thing on BBC One. I was like, um, I have no idea. <laughs> I just think, put on Downton Abbey for the fifth time this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the thing we was probably most up to date with, I suppose, in respect of when it was released, is we watched The Last Kingdom, and we watched that when it released. Mm. But I think, but that was probably because of COVID more than. Else. <laughs> I mean, we watched Lost during COVID, so you know that's how behind we are with everything. My sister did the same. <laughs> did she? <laughs> yeah, for the first time. Because like she was too young when it first came out. So well, I think I think they finished it now. I think they have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, neither of us had seen it. And it was just it, you know, as you do, COVID's going on, you're not really doing anything. So my husband got made redundant going into COVID. Mm. And he was like, Oh, do you want to watch something? Yeah, whatever. And he put Lost on. And we were engrossed, probably the first maybe two seasons i don't know it's a bit of a blur to be honest <laughs> and then it just went silly and yeah and then it ended i'm sat there laughing my head off he's sat there getting mad because he's like that's the worst ending ever <laughs> i thought it's very hilarious. controversial <laughs> but but that's the advantage sometimes of being behind because i'd heard the ending was terrible so i was all set up for it mm. so i just found it hilarious yeah, I think when my sister was watching it, she um, didn't know about the various character deaths. 
Okay. Aside aside from Charlie, because our mum watched it when it first came out and she was distraught when it came to Charlie. <laughs> um, and like obviously that memory kind of sticks, watching your mother get very, very emotional about a fictional character. Though to be fair, I've done the same with other ones. Yeah, I've done the same. Yeah. We're not judging here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> See. Oh God, it's talking about flipping lost. <laughs> but I was a big Sawyer fan. Very big mm. Sawyer fan. And the whole time I watched it, I'm thinking, I know I shouldn't be, but I can't help it. Yeah, the <laughs> blokes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> um so social media, what are the pros and cons do you find of social media? Pro? It helps me connect with other authors. It helps mm-hmm. me promote my work. Con, very distracting. Very distracting. I can't have my phone in the same room with me if I'm trying to get writing done because I will just scroll on TikTok. Yeah. No self-control. <laughs> I, I sympathise with that completely. Mm. That's me all over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I think... The thing with social media, I don't get caught up in the toxic side of it, I suppose, which is very easy to do. Yeah, just scroll away from that. But that's I think that's the best thing to do is just move away from it and don't let yourself get dragged in. And Definitely. It's, yeah, it's just, it's nonsense a lot of it, let's be fair. Mm. It's just people sat at home. A lot of the people on there, you think, would you say that? someone's face if they were stood right in front of you would you say half of this garbage that you're saying now and we all know the answer is no they would yeah Yeah. keyboard warriors exactly (laughs) so i know the answer to one part of this question mainly because i was sat next to you Um, (laughs) have you attended any sign-ins as a reader and or an author I've done one as a reader and three as an author. Three? Yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah. Two of which you know about, one you don't. <laughs> yeah. So we it. Last year, there was this little local one in my town, uh, Burnham Book Festival. Uh, first year last year, so I attended that. Um, there was only, I think there was maybe 12 of us there, so it was really it was tiny compared to the ones that we've been to. And then there was a shenanigans um, in Coventry back in March, and just recently there's sugar and spice in Sheffield. Mm. So, quite fun. I'm trying to talk Carmel as we speak into doing another one. I think she's on the ball potentially about 20, 2025, isn't she? She's not sure about next year, which is yeah. fair. I've got a couple for next year. I'm not sure if I can squeeze another one in. I think I think next year is one of those things from a logistics point of view she's probably left it too late to get things booked in and it's do your advertising mm. as well isn't it she needs to get it out there and yeah you know on the radar i suppose but i've said to her just do it every other year it was yeah. it was such a great sign in i've been to quite a few sign ins as a reader and obviously it is a bit different when you are behind the table rather than in front of it but i can honestly say for atmosphere that was probably one of the best signings i've ever been to oh definitely it was amazing because I mean, it was electric. from where i when where i was sat i could see the front doors as they opened yeah, i know they were behind you weren't they? yeah <laughs> oh did you see the queue 
there was a queue out the door to check tickets. It was insane. No, I didn't. As soon as the doors opened, I just looked at it and thought, holy crap, that's a lot of people. I mean, I knew they sold out the tickets, but seeing it in person was a bit insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And and again, obviously, I was with you at Shenanigans. And I mean, I'd, I've been to a Shenanigans signing as a reader. So I was prepared, I suppose, for that. Mm. I was very fortunate that I did have a lot of people I know personally turn up. So because it is quite local to me. So I was very fortunate in that regard. But mm. I knew that was a smaller signing. So I was prepared for it. And like you said, we knew Sugar and Spice sold out. And I don't, because you could see, you might not have had the same feeling I had because where everything was behind me, it just felt so quiet for about 10 minutes. And it was almost like, yeah, and it was almost like, Mm. what's going on? Like, I know the doors are open and I can hear people, but I can't see anyone. And then all of a sudden it just, it was insane. Yeah. And I saw them slowly coming down that first aisle. I was just watching them like, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. (laughs) So the red coats are coming, the red coats are coming. (laughs) Maybe it was good that I couldn't see (laughs) that. Can you explain it like that? Yeah. I mean, I was nervous. I was excited, but I was nervous. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's come. Yeah, I did my, see, this is, well, it was my husband's first signing he's ever gone to because it's something I've always done, like, on my own, um, away Mm. from him. And he, I completely lost my train of thought then. (laughs) I had a point, but I can't for the life of me remember what it is. Oh, but yeah, he, he got to witness me being flappy. Because normally I'm quite controlled, especially in a circumstance like that. I'm very controlled and, you know, I've got myself together. I was so flappy. About half past nine, I stood there thinking, nope, I want to go home. I'm going (laughs) to go home. I can't do this. So, but yeah, it would, it, even like my daughter who was there with me, even she walked away. It's not her world at all. It's not. She's, um, she'll hate me for saying this, but it is true. She's very socially awkward. So to be put in a room with all those people, and I don't know if you saw, because obviously you were busy yourself, she was going off and doing things for me. She yeah. she took stuff for me to get signed. And she oh, see, I tried to get my husband to do that, but you wouldn't do it. Oh, that's <laughs> what they're there for. But he was like, no, no, you're here to meet these people. You go do it. I was like, but it's my table. I need to stay here. I'm also here <laughs> to meet these people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these people are paid to come here <laughs> yeah that's that's the difficulty isn't it it's knowing when you can sort of zip off and do something and when to stay put basically yeah and i think it, it is a balancing act to get it right i mean again i was fortunate because i had the two of them with me but 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 again i think it speaks volumes to the event because of how comfortable my daughter was Mm-hmm. I mean, she made she made a really fast friendship with Andy Long. Yeah. Like they're they're best friends now, <laughs> and like they've sent each other stuff and everything. And it it's great for me as her mum to see that and the fact that there's someone out there who's made my daughter feel that comfortable, and she didn't have to. And it's just it's mm-hmm. just great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? So you said, oh, I don't know if you'll be able to say. So you're doing Indie Pride next year, aren't you? Yes, I've been announced for that, so I can talk about that. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, can we talk about anything? <laughs> are there any others you have been announced for and are allowed to talk about? <laughs> Not yet. No, I'm only doing one other next year. And um, okay. I've 
I only had the invite last week, so right, still, okay, still going. What month? I hope that doesn't give it away which which signing is going to be. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. If I think they're going to be doing the announcements in the next couple of weeks. I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think. As it stands right now, so Indie Pride is the Blackpool one in March, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. 23rd, I want to say. Yeah. I may be going to that, not as an author, but as an assistant to someone, because we've okay. had the conversation, but we're speaking this week to sort of confirm everything. So I may see you there with that one as well. That'd be good. Can't get away from me. Even if you uh, go to I'm not there, I'm there. <laughs> I'm going to the other end of the country and you're still following me. I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh you should um you should look at the authors behind bars as well. Yeah, you've just been announced for that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that one again? It's in Shrewsbury. I have no idea what that is. My geography is crap. I, I don't know where it is. I just put it in my sat-nav and it tells me it's two hours away. That's all I know. Fair. I know we passed it on the way to go up to Sheffield. <laughs> North, okay. Oh, yeah, I, I'm rubbish, so please yeah. don't ever depend on me for directions. <laughs> but, no, that's when you should look into, because I think, and, again, like you said, I've been announced there, so it's easy to talk about from that point of view, but I've I already told the organisers I'm going whether it's as a reader or an author, because it looks insane. Yeah. The fact that you're in a prison. <laughs> like, put yourself down on the wait list and see if you can get in. <laughs> oh, they should do one at Bodmin Jail. That'd be awesome. Now that rings a bell. I know she looked around a lot of different prisons because... She wanted specifically a prison. Yeah, she did. She did because... This is how I, I'd heard about the event, but this is basically how I ended up even getting on the wait list because mm -hmm. I, in it's shenanigans, I was mm -hmm. behind Yvonne in the queue for lunch. Okay. And we just started chatting and she said about it. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I've seen that one. I said, why didn't you do Gloucester Prison? And she's like, yeah, I looked. But there was, we was unsure who the landlord was going to be. <laughs> And I'm sure she said that when you just said it rings a bell for me. So yeah. she must have said they looked or something. But yeah, I think um, that's kind of the theme that they want to go with, which I, I think is great. I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea yeah. and how unique as well. Yeah, it definitely stands out. I mean, I'm terrified about being stuck in a prison cell, but you know, <laughs> I'll deal with that when we get there. Yeah. No. <sighs> Kind of reminds, reminds me of um, my uncle Mick, who's, he was a judge. He actually took his daughter and her friends on a like an after-school trip around the um, the county courts and accidentally did actually lock them in a the jail, himself oh included. Well, I'd be sick. Yeah. See, me. It wasn't like a dungeon, but it was, it was a modern jail. Yeah. <laughs> <If> that helps. <laughs> See, uh, me and my friend did the tour at Gloucester Prison when I think they're doing them again now because the yeah. lease has been agreed again, but we did the tour at Gloucester prison and it's, it's quite intimidating when you go in there mm. and it, it's just, oh, it just freaks me out. So it's that thing of great. And I've signed myself up to do a sign in, in a prison cell. <laughs> Brilliant. That's me freaking out all day. And there's mm. a prison tour as well the night before. Yeah. 
they're actually doing like uh, I think it's like six thirty and nine thirty or something like that. They're doing prison tours. Ghosties. I don't know if I want to though, because it might freak me out too much to turn up the next day. <laughs> so if you could co-write a book with anyone, who would your choice of author be? Oh, I don't know. That's difficult. I suppose if I'm sticking with the fantasy lesbian kind of trail of thought, probably Arizona tape. Okay. Yeah, I then met her at the at Shenanigans and at Sugar and Spice, and I won one of her books at the Raffle at Sugar and Spice, and it just looks looks incredible. I suppose if we're following the same sort of um, genre and pairings, then Arizona. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would love to do one with C. Rochelle, but that's just because I'm a major fangirl and kind of minor stalker level, so, Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can become best friends because of that. So you know, mm. my my friend, my friend Kate, she's um, she is friends with Steve Rochelle, and like I don't know, it's like having an intermediary kind of things. Like she talks to her, and then I talk to Kate, and it's just we have jokes about me becoming a full fledged stalker. But I won't, obviously, I won't. I just love the books. For legal reasons, this will yes, not happen. <laughs> I mean, um, I met Lizzie James at Sugar and Spice, who's organising Indie Pride, and I full-on told her, if you sit me next to see your shout, I will not get anything done that day. I will just sit there, just like, kind of like, love eyes at her. They see. I've got a very, very similar story. In... York apologies if I if I'd like to anyone listening if I've said this before but it does it's hilarious um <laughs> I was an assistant to my friend at the York sign-in which unfortunately doesn't happen anymore and Ava the organizer Ava Manello she knew that I absolutely adored Ryan Stacks like I'd met him before and couldn't form words <laughs> because the man is stunning and so what did she do she sat us next to him (laughs) and I was just like I hate you so much I hate you and she's like yeah but you won't by the end of the day and I tell you what Mm. she was spot on he is someone who I genuinely regard as a friend now because we broke the ice at York and then um, and then I saw him again at Fiction Fans and Ball Gangs and we was walking the streets of Liverpool at two o'clock in the morning you know just talking just talking absolute nonsense and so it it's it's a funny thing because like I said I just had like little puppy dog eyes the first time I saw him but he's such a lovely person it almost ruined it I'm not gonna lie he's so lovely (laughs) despite what you might see online sometimes because I told him off about that and I was like sometimes online you say very controversial things and he's like yeah I know so I like to I like to annoy people (laughs) but he's actually really lovely (laughs) Um, so I probably should have asked this before we deviated off (laughs) so Swag what's the best you've ever picked up and what's your favourite to have or aim to get Swag do do you mean like from other authors or ones that I've created both Um, I'm quite new to making Swag Um, best Swag I've ever picked up gonna have to make me think now I haven't got that much, if I'm honest. Okay. I've, I've not really attended that many 
events as a reader and to be honest the one I can remember was just like a single author it was um V Schwab I'm not sure how to pronounce her name it's been a while (laughs) since I've heard it pronounced um yeah she did this talk in Oxford and I got to sign a couple of my a couple of my copies of her books which was lovely but it was just the books um I think actually nah I've got it I've got it um Laura Greenwood, who co-writes with Arizona Tate, she, um, back at Shenanigans, she was doing these taster boxes and um, where she's got like three novellas and she's got a load of swag in there and really cool stickers in there. I I love stickers. Um, I wish I had my notebook here to show you because they're just plastered with stickers. Um, Same again for MF Moody. Right. I I grabbed a load of her stickers from at Shenanigans as well and which is fine given how much she swears in, in real life and on her stickers. It's fine have, just having my notebook with them around the house because I have a four-year-old who has yet to learn to read. Yeah. So I'm out, that's fine. She won't, she won't notice until I had my nearly six-year-old nephew come around after school one day. I was like, I need to hide this Yeah. because I can't have him going back to his parents, my sister and brother-in-law basically going going off about you know c word this and mf in this <laughs> like i can't teach him that stuff i can't because <laughs> 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 like he's really good like he's he's only in year one but he's a really good reader i'm mm. really proud of him but i can't i can't let him read my notebook jesus christ no so yeah stickers funny scary stickers the best ones i found yeah this, I suppose yeah. this is the advantage now of having an office. You can just throw it all in there and shut yeah. the door. Like, I, <laughs> I need to have a lock on my office door, really. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm gathering um, naughty objects to have around my desk as well. Mm. It's like I've got a little fake plant because I can't keep real plants alive. That is um, a butt. Right. Um, and from MF Moody at uh, Shenanigans, I got one of her little resin dinosaur decks right so i've got one of those so i just need to keep going i need some little boobs on it to complete the collection megan quinn does pens that's got spinny boob on it (laughs) i've got one (laughs) (laughs) see one i've i've got i probably i've got a few that i just love i mean me personally because i love swag it's a real it i don't i don't know everyone's different but for me i i've got ideas for days i just Mm. need to write the books first that's the problem but um one of my favorite one of my favorites is i've got um a squishy sperm (laughs) i've also got a squishy dick which is a good job i've got a few because my cats particularly like that one (laughs) got plenty of photos of uh lem running around and <laughs> 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 what's the other one my husband's laughing is <laughs> and um the other one is a spatula and written on it it says baby batter <laughs> i think that's got to be one of my favorites <laughs> I, just, I love it i love it all like how people come up with some of these ideas is yeah. absolutely insane but i agree with you stickers for me if i could take nothing else with me the two things well i'm lying now it's going to be three three things (laughs) i want to have with me is bookmark stickers pens Mm. i think anything else you can sort of it's extra but i think 
you want people walking out with something that's got your name on it, basically, don't you? To sort of, so they can go and find you later sort of thing. So character names, do names come to you naturally or is it something you have to search out? It is something that I really struggle with. Mm. I really struggle with character names. In fact, I almost exclusively use fantasy name generator. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I don't like see the name on there and just use that straight away. I'll mix and mash things around, see what feels right. But I can come up with road building, come up with plots, come up with locations quite easily. Character names is the one thing I do really struggle with. So I think it's, it is really one of those things, isn't it? It either comes to you in an instant or it feels like it takes a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, there's only ever been two character names that I've known from day dot that I wanted to use. Right. Uh, that use them both in GTA Monsters. There's Rowan. And I've always loved that name. And annoyingly, yeah. it was one that my husband vetoed when we were, um, when, when I was pregnant, because we didn't know that we were going to have a girl. It took us forever to figure out a boy's name. But he vetoed that, but was like, I'm going to use it if it kills me. Yeah. So, and um, Tiffany as well, also in Jutty okay. Monsters. Because I remember reading this thing on Tumblr, I think it was, saying, like, why don't we see the name Tiffany in fantasy, like medieval fantasy stories? It's because it doesn't feel medieval fantasy. It feels far too modern, but it's not. It's a very old name, so that I'm going to use this in my medieval fantasy setting. And I'm going to prove you all wrong. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. And they're both coming back in the uh, the final book in the series as well. No, but that's so good. Those are the only times. That's good. See, sometimes I have to go on, like, baby name generators. <laughs> and a lot of the time you find you're just sat there going, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean on, on fantasy name generator, I'm just like, give me new names, give me new mm. names, give me new names. It's all rubbish. So, yeah. But I think it, again, it's one of those things that, although you haven't got a name, you know when you get the right name. Yeah, it just clicks. Yeah, and it's like I, I had that for my last one, the novella that's in the sugar and spice one. I had a short list of names for him, and. I spoke to some of my friends and I said, right, I'm really struggling with his name. Help me out here. Like throw some names at me. And one of the names on my list and one they said was Eric. And I was like, do you know what? That's it. Because you've said Mm. it. It's on the list. And and it works again. Once you get into it, it works. It was all fine. But Mm. sometimes it is just an absolute flipping nightmare. Definitely. So I have one question. This is going to be really random, but you okay. met my daughter. She is very random. It's from my daughter, Liv. <laughs> I appreciate her, so. question, <laughs> her question is, what is your favourite word? Oh, blimey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Um, if it has, I, I actually use the word blimey a lot. <laughs> very stereotypically English that way. Yeah. Like whenever I'm surprised, I'm like, oh, blimey. <laughs> so I suppose that one, maybe? That's one I use quite often. Well, so it, if it helps, she told me, she said, well, my favourite word's potato. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your face says pretty much the same I did. And I was like, 
Okay. Interesting. <laughs> For reference, if anyone's interested, I like the word moist. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, You're one of those. <laughs> oh, it's a marvel word if there ever was one. That was her reaction too. And I said, and that's exactly why I like it. Because when you say it to people, you might as well call them a C word because of the reaction you get. We've kind of covered this, but I suppose I'll come back to it just in case the answer is slightly different. So what do you look for in a book? As in what helps you decide what book to read next? If all your favourites didn't have a book out, what would make you pick that book up? I suppose I really like, um, I suppose, political drama type stuff. Okay. So preferably in a fantasy setting. Yeah. So like um, warfare, um, like kings meeting, um, fighting, plots secret plots kind of thing yeah i really stumbled over that <laughs> but yeah so political drama in a fantasy setting i'm afraid i'm really not the contemporary kind of girl it doesn't draw me in um so yeah so anything that's got that sort of drama element to it i've got real issue with the whole and it's a me issue i'll hands down admit that the whole contemporary thing when someone says contemporary because I think it's such a broad spectrum of things mm. that I almost think come on let's come up with something new let's drop the contemporary let's get rid of contemporary and bring in <laughs> some new sort of things to say rather than just saying contemporary romance because I think it it's almost a misunderstanding of it really isn't it and mm. if I read that something that's a contemporary romance it doesn't inspire me to want to read it because it's just such a broad spectrum of things and it doesn't narrow down. No, there's so many different sections to it, really. Yeah. But in my head, what I, if it doesn't have like a magical fantasy or even non-human element to it, it's not really for me. That's what I kind of bundle it all together in a, yeah. you know, put it aside, not for me kind of situation. Well, yeah, yeah. That's I know, I know. There's lots of readers out there who love it. It's is a massively popular genre, so it's just not me. But but that's the thing again, though, isn't it? It is different strokes for different folks, I guess. And you know, that's why everyone has success in their own ways. Yeah. If we all wrote the same thing, how boring would it be? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. I was, I was talking to my husband before we started recording and I said, it's funny because I know yours is in the fantasy world. I said, but barring vampires, it's just, so, it's a road I've just never gone down. Yeah. I've, I've read vampire books, but that's it. That's as far as it's gone because then that, that was kind of, that was my next reads after I started getting into reading with the vampire books. And then it just sort of drifted off, I suppose, more into the contemporary world. And I just stuck with it. And it is... I'm annoyed with myself that I've not opened myself up to that world. I'm also scared that I'll really like it. And then it'll just like ruin everything. Mm. <laughs> but that, that vampires is my go-to, I suppose, if I want to get away from that. Quite boring. 
Vampires obviously have been quite popular for quite a while since this whole Twilight craze. I've not read them. No, I, I did when I was a teen, not since. I don't think I was a teen when they come out, so I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did they come out? Am I? Yeah, no, I was in school. Yeah. See. I can't speak. I can't speak for the other books, but I know I wasn't in school when one of them came out because my best friend was reading them at the time, and I remember one of them coming out because I didn't see her for days. We were just <laughs> reading all the time, but um, I don't think I read them when they first came out. I think I read them well, just that, before the first film came out. Makes me feel even older. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirty. If that helps. <laughs> 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 no, <Obviously not. laughs> I'm 42 this year, so no, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. Mm. But, uh, but no, I've just, I've never, I think it was the films that ruined it for me because I've not seen the films again, so I'm being very judgy and I'll admit that. But I know there was a lot of people bad in the films, so I just, Never and they've got wolves in. I'm terrified of wolves. Let's not open that door. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just never went down that road. I should. I have them. Maybe one day I will. But that, that's not today. The books are better. You can I, say that everything, but hundred percent with Twilight, the books are better. I think because of my <laughs> because of my fear of wolves, I'd have to read the book because in my mm. head they'd be lovely and fluffy and cuddly. Whereas they're lovely and fluffy, but. Not many of them are cuddly. <laughs> yes, I can't cope with that. I'd have nightmares mm-hmm. for days, and I know it's stupid, and I'll only stupid, but I can't help it. No, you don't have to justify it to me. I've got a very weird thing about volcanoes. So okay, yeah. Yeah, but at least that you know actually happens. Like you don't tend to see a wolf, or even a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so that's all of my questions done. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, Where can everyone find you on social media and purchase your books? Well, I am pretty much exclusively on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, My Facebook reader group is Merrick's Marvellous Muses. Um, Marvellous spelled with only one L, which apparently is the American spelling, which I didn't realise. So for, okay. for a writer, my spelling is fairly atrocious. So I apologise <laughs> for that. Uh, Instagram, I'm jlmerrick underscore author. Uh, I do have a TikTok where it's just jlmerrick. And I do post on there occasionally, but not very much. Um, Book-wise, I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm not in Kindle Unlimited anymore, apart from Twisted, which is still in there. Uh, but Crowns and Swords and Duty Monsters is ebook paperback pretty much everywhere you can find it uh, and if there is a seller out there that i'm not on you know people can let me know and i'll look into it yeah, message you you'll make yeah. sure it happens <laughs> yes yes i want to be completely available yeah 100 percent um so Thank you for listening to Away From The Pages with myself, Sharon Korea, and JL Merrick. And join us next time here on SJP World Media. Mm-hmm.